What's up, YouTube family? Welcome to the Link Up Church online experience. We're so glad you've chosen to tune in. Before we jump into today's video, we want to remind you that this channel isn't just for adults. We have content for babies in the Little Linkland section, kids in the Linked Up Kids section, and relevant services for your teenagers from the plug. So grab the whole family because we're about to get started. Be sure to subscribe to this channel so you never miss a video from us. And don't forget to share this video with someone who needs to hear an encouraging message. Let's jump in. Faith works. Let's go to James chapter 2, verses 14 through 26. This is so important to the grace side of faith because some people will believe that they don't have to do anything. Yep. God did it all. I'm just going to sit back and wait on it to happen. He actually did it all, but how many know you still have to do something? Yep. Right? And let's talk about that. Let's read our foundation text in James chapter 2. I'll be reading out of the New King James Version. I'll read verses 14 through 26. Don't worry about us starting in the middle of the chapter because later on uh, next week, we're going to show you why we started there and go back and pick it all up uh, with verse 1. It says, what doth, does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body. What does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. James says, show me your faith without your works. And I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the devils or demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham my father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Wait till we look at that. Mm. Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works, faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted or credited to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. How many of, would, how many of you all would like to be called the friend of God? That's right. Wait till yes. we get into that. You see that then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Another way to say that, or by faith by itself. Likewise was not Rahab the harlot. It's interesting that the scripture highlighted that she was a harlot. We'll get into that a little bit later on. How many know God can use anybody? Doesn't care about your past, where you came from, or what you've done wrong. How many know God, when you give your life to Christ, he makes you righteous, cleans your slate, right, and gives you the same opportunity that anyone else has. Then it goes on to say here, uh, was she not justified when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? So notice she was justified by what she did, not just by what she believed, but we'll get into that. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. And as they would say in some of the churches that I came from, may the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word for the edification and exhortations of our souls. Watch this. Were you edified? <laughs> you always supposed to say, yes. 
<laughs> All right, so our goal in this message is to show the demonstration of a living faith in loving action. Let's get right to point number one. Right there in your outline, if you're following along, true and living faith will be accompanied by action. Somebody say true, true. and living faith, and living faith will, be accompanied will be accompanied by action. Action. Say this, if I don't do it, if I don't do it, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Now, James 2.14 says, what does it profit? The word profit means to heap up, to accumulate, to gain or advantage. So in other words, how do you accumulate, how do you gain, or how do you get an advantage, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Now, works here is a Greek word, ergon, and it literally means efforts, deeds, doing, or labor. Or another way to say it is, if he does not have a corresponding, or she does not have a corresponding action that supports what they believe. Notice, notice he goes on to say, can faith save him? That word save there means deliver, protect, heal, preserve, save, cause to do well, or make whole. So we know clearly then faith by itself cannot deliver you, cannot protect you, cannot preserve you, cannot make you whole. Just the fact that you believe that doesn't mean it'll be a reality in your life. Does not become a reality until you actually do what it is that you actually believe. Now, if you'll back up, we won't go there, but if you'll look in chapter 1, James is one letter. I mean, no man put chapter and verse in there to help us find things. But it's actually one continuous letter. So James hasn't stopped talking about what he was talking about in chapter 1. In chapter 1, he said, right, but be ye doers of the word and doers. not hearers only. Not hearers only. Notice he said deceiving your own selves, mm. right? For the one that hears the word and does not do it is like a human being looking into the mirror and then walking away and forgetting what they actually look like or what manner of, of man or woman that they are. That's right. So we're really talking about this ability to find out what God said about my situation and then on purpose live it in my life. Everybody clear? Let's keep going here. Letter A under point number one, can a person say they have faith without corresponding action? Right, we all know people, I know people that can quote the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. How many of y'all know people like that? But have no manifestation in their life. How many of you know, we don't want to quote it, we actually want to quote it and live it and see it in our lives. Right, and so the question here is, can a person say they have faith without corresponding action? James thinks this is impossible, that someone can genuinely have saving faith with no works or no corresponding action. But someone can say he has faith, but fail to show forth good works. So the question then becomes a valid question. Can that kind of faith save him? What is the answer to that question? No. So when we start thinking about why things haven't manifested in our lives, we actually don't need to look to God to ask him the question why. I mean, we need to look to our lives to see, are we actually living what it is that we're believing him for? Now, James wrote to Christians from a Jewish background 
who they all discovered the glory of salvation by faith. And they were excited about that. They knew the exhilaration of freedom from a works righteousness according to the law. But then they went on to the other extreme, and that other extreme was thinking that works didn't matter at all. And that is the danger of the grace message by itself, which is why the grace message, in my opinion as a pastor, always needs to be balanced with faith. That's right. Because it's not all God and it's not all you. Right. I mean, you know, it's a cooperation. There's the God side to everything, but then there's the manward side to everything. God has already done his part. The question is, will you do your part? Now, letter B, because this is important. People will challenge you on this, and of course, we just got done talking about it. Did James contradict Paul? Did James contradict Paul? You all might recall in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 9, Paul was very strong that salvation was not of works. And then he said this, lest any man should boast. So something you all probably need to understand, the difference between Paul and James, Paul was an apostle. He was a missionary. He was called to the Gentiles. His job was to set up churches and plant churches. James was a pastor. And I mean, oh, most pastors are going to teach balance. Usually they're never going to be on one extreme or the other extreme. Good pastor is always going to be right in the middle of the world. So you're going to see that James is not contradicting Paul. What James is doing is adding more clarity and light to what Paul said. That's right. And I'll prove that. Paul insisted that we are saved not by our works. Is that accurate? Yep. Right? How many of y'all know that's a true statement? What are we saved by? Grace. We're having a lesson this morning. What are we saved by? So, so we're saved by grace, right? So isn't that an accurate statement? We're not saved by works. Right? Okay, watch this now. So Paul insisted that we are not saved by our works. James merely clarifies for us the kind of faith that does save. We are saved by grace through faith not by works, watch this, but saving faith will have works that accompany it. That's right. I hope you all heard that. Which means when I get saved, my life on a daily basis will begin to look more and more like what I've given my life to. It's impossible to just be saved and then go back and live any kind of way I want to. That's what he's referring to here. So as the saying goes, faith alone saves, but the faith that saves is not alone. It has good works attached to it. So look at letter C. Is Paul saying the necessity of our works is proving the character of our faith? Faith. Is that what Paul is saying? That the necessity of our works is proving the character of our faith. And remember what faith means. It means trust in God. So the more I obey God, the more I trust God, how many know I'm proving the character of what I believe? Is that clear to everyone? Now, look back at uh, Ephesians chapter 2, and let's look at verse 10. It's right there in your outline. It says, for we are his workmanship. We are his product, created in Christ Jesus. But watch this, for what? Good works. So they're not contradicting each other at all. Not at all. I mean, you know, after we get saved, there should be 
good effort on our part, good works on our part that support what it is that we believe, right? If I'm believing God to get married, I stop sleeping with people that I'm not married to. I knew I wouldn't get a whole lot of amens in here on that, right? If I'm believing God to prosper financially, how many know I start giving, right? If I'm believing God to have healthy relationships in my life, then I deal with my anger. All right. So he says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So notice, God prepared a path for us to walk in. I mean, that pathway is found in the Word of God. That's right. That's right. Right? And so it's a good life, but the good works are found in the Word of God. And every time we obey the Word of God, how I many know it releases a good life for us? Is that clear to everyone in the room? Right? And I'm not adding much to this today because the Word really does all of the work. Let's look at Titus chapter 3, verse 8. Titus chapter 3, verse 8 says, This is a faithful saying or a trustworthy saying that these things I want to affirm constantly that those who have believed God. Notice that's past tense. So now we're talking about individuals who are already saved. Those that have believed God should be careful to maintain good works. Mm. So it's interesting here. Now, this is where Christianity has to come up. So what I believe and what I do should agree. That's called integrity. Right? When I tell someone that I am a child of God, Jesus Christ is my personal Lord and Savior, they should see the fruit of that in my life. That's right. They should not say, well, wait a minute. And I'll just leave that alone. <laughs> I don't want to pick on people today, right? And so in every aspect of your life, anytime you confess that you believe something, people should be able to see it in your behavior. That's right. I can't say I love my wife, but every time I'm out in public, I'm flirting with somebody that's not my wife. I mean, what I believe and what I'm doing is not agreeing. So, therefore, I can't have the fruit of it because I'm not doing what I believe. All right? And then notice what he goes on to say. These things are good, and he uses the exact same word, and profitable to mankind. That's right. Male and females, that when we actually believe what we believe and what we do agree, you are going to profit in life. Oh, I need to say that one more time. I said, when what we believe and what we do agree, you are going to profit in life. I think I need to say that one more time. One for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Ghost. When what we believe and what we do agrees, you are going to profit in life. Somebody say, I am on my way to profitability because what I believe and what I do agree. Somebody ought to get excited about that today. I'm talking about you can take whatever you're facing right now, find out what God said about it, choose to believe that, and act on it by doing 
right? And you are going to profit in that area. If you are single, then you should be doing everything that you can do to prepare yourself for marriage, learning domestic skills, paying off all of the bills, working on your attitude. I should have got a better amen than that one. Working on your attitude, right? Doing everything while single in preparation for what I know God is getting ready to send into my life. I'm done. I can go all day long. Pick it you up know, from there, babe. What's good about that statement, babe, when you read Titus chapter 3, verse 8, he says, these things are good and profitable to men, to mankind, not God. to people, mm-hmm. not God. Ah. So the works that you do don't benefit God. It's a reflection of God, which is why he says, don't be, don't be deceived. God is not mocked whatsoever a man soweth. That shall he also reap in Galatians. But when he says it's profitable to man, See. this is the reflection of God that when he says it's the love of God that wins men unto repentance. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. This is where he's glorified. Because it's not profitable for God, it's profitable for people. That's good. Amen. So then point number two, James 2, 17 in the New King James says, Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. He says faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So we're going to talk a little bit about examples of dead faith. Come on examples of dead faith because James makes it clear as he goes on to expound in this chapter. In, in, cha- in chapter 2, verse 15 of James, he says, if a brother or a sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to him, depart in peace, be warmed and filled. Be empowered to prosper and highly favored. All these <laughs> but you do not give him things which are needed for the body. What does it profit? It's one thing to say, to, 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 you know, understand or hear of somebody having a need and then, brother, I'm going to pray with you. <laughs> but then to not search your heart and w- whether you're led to do something yeah. is dead faith. This is an example that he uses. Now, so let's talk a little bit more about this. Point A. Up underneath is number two. Does my faith speak when I don't do? Does my faith speak when I don't do? In other words, what is my faith communicating when I do not help, when I do not act, when I do not obey, when I don't even ask? (laughs) What is my faith communicating? So good. To fail in the midst of simple good works towards a brother or a sister or any, anyone in need demonstrate that one does not have a living faith. So, so let me emphasize there the brother or sister. Believe it or not, we should do better to each other in the body of Christ than we do to the world. Sometimes we treat the world better than we treat each other. Right? See, if you see your brethren overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such in one. It says, do good to all men, especially but, but especially those in the household of faith. We need to do better by each other. Which is why 
Jesus says that, uh, Scripture says that they'll know us by the love we have. Towards each other. One for another, right? Towards one another. So you got to know and understand that regardless of what it is, uh, you know, if it's uh, you young college students out there, young adults out there that's endeavoring right now, you are, you know, there are some people in college, I, I have a freshman in college and I have a junior in college. And I'm telling you that this year, this experience has not been peaches and cream for my freshman. He was looking forward to the college experience, whatever that is, <laughs> for him. Amen. And so it has not been his experience, but he didn't go there for the freshman experience. He went there to graduate. So the work is applying, testing, grades, acceptance, orientation. Mama had, and daddy had a part of the tuition. Housing selection, packing, shopping, moving, getting in, homework, assignments, attendance, even if it does not, is not in a classroom, attendance, grades, and that whole cycle is repeated for four, three, prayerfully, three to four, three to five years. No, 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 Son. no, I curse that. Three to four years. <laughs> I ain't paying for no oh, fifth year. You know what, that he's a year, year ahead. That fifth so year, yeah. he'll pay for that yes. himself. If it takes five, he'll pay for that fifth year himself. I hope you're watching too, son. <laughs> it's on tape. I pulled it back and up. And going to college, the, the whole endeavor, the whole faith move, the whole faith option, the, the, faith, uh, the faith here is graduating. Right. The faith is not to just attend. Why attend if you don't ha want to graduate? So you operate in works to get to that end. That's and good. that's not the end. That then leads to grad school, uh, work, career, calling, business, whatever the case may be. Yep. B. We wrote here in the notes, be warm and filled. So do my actions agree with my words? Do my actions agree with my words? To say this means you know that a person in front of you needs something, needs clothing, needs food. You know their need well, but offer nothing to help except a few religious words. And believe it or not, I submit this to you saints, saints in the room, saints online. That's the problem the world has with the church. That's the problem that the world has with the church. People are forgiving in our mistakes, but when we want to preach something and do something contrary, that's why the church is accused of being hypocrites. Because if you're not in a position to act upon what you're saying, then just do in love. But to preach a message and not represent it. That's so good. So good. It's contradictory. And so when we, when we, you know, and I'm not saying every person that comes to you, you're supposed to help. Sometimes the help is a no. Okay, let me make that clear because somebody's about to go home and say, so, so my, my cousin who's asking me for $1,000 for the 17th time, should I give it to him now? Oh. <laughs> right, so yeah, add some balance to that. But know and understand that we do have a responsibility to help those that are poor, that help those that are in need. Right. But even, even beyond that, in our faith, the doing starts with the asking God, 
what would you have for me to do in this situation? And obey that. And just know and understand that every good deed does not, has a reward to it. It's called seed being planted. Jesus spoke about it in a roundabout way because he talked about the seer sowing, the sower sowing the seed of the word. And then he talks about what happens to four different groups of people. It was all predicated upon how they responded and what they did. All right? So, do my actions agree with my words? Hey, we got to be sure that what we say, what we speak, lines up in, in what we do. Better yet, what we do lines up, as Pastor Gregory said, what we have faith for and what we believe. C, what does it profit? What does it profit? Real faith and the works that accompany it are not made up of spiritual things, but also of a concern for the most basic acts or deeds, such as comfort, covering, or food. When needs or when faith arises, we should... Sometimes pray less and look at, I said it, sometimes pray less and look at what we need to do. The answer a lot of times is all sometimes already within you. You know, um, because there is this, the Holy Spirit in you already prompts you in the doing. You got to work through this flesh and this here brain here that's trying to uh, uh, analyze the, and calculate the, the effects of the obedience. No. Spirit man, faith, trust. It's mm -hmm. good. So, so doing more, especially when you're talking about helping, yeah. serving, loving. We can sometimes pray as a substitute for actions, especially when we don't have the means. So, you know, if, if, if you don't have the ability, and you know what? Let me rephrase that. Prayer, I don't want to minimize prayer because prayer is the most powerful action that you have and in prayer there's always something that you can do be act or give sometimes it's a matter of prayer and you just sharing wisdom someone came to me and and was telling me about their need for a job they're they're near the end of their savings and they need a job what was my response i prayed with them yes but i, I was getting on their nerves because I was every job posting that I found, I was sending it to them. Sending them job posting until they finally says, Pastor Trish, thank you so much, but I found a job about a month ago. You can stop the emails unless you're just emailing me to say I love you. I said, oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> Praise God. So there's something that you can always give, do, or act upon. Now, D, is my faith dead if it does not have supporting action? Is my faith dead if it does not have supporting answer, uh, action? Simple answer, yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah, it is. This is the first time that James speaks of dead faith. Faith alone saves us, but it must be a living faith. Understand this, that in the salvation package, remember, before Jesus came on the scene, it was John. And what was John's message? Repentance. It was repentance. That was his message. It was repentance. In other words, he was setting the stage like, you got to open up your mind. You got to change the way you think. You don't have it all. You're not smart enough. You're not wise enough. You don't have enough connections. You got to, he's setting the stage that you got to change the way you think. There's a conversion that is necessary because this man coming up behind me, Jesus, he's about to offer you something that's going to simply blow your mind. 
Yes, I said a blow your mind. English and philosophy degree from the University of Michigan. Praise mm -hmm. the Lord. And so, with that being said, when we look at salvation without repentance, without conversion, what is it? An apology. When there is salvation without repentance, without conversion, it's simply an apology. Somebody knowing that they live in something contrary to the will of God, somebody that got caught up in something that they know is not of God, something that's happened. And when you go back to living your old ways, just like he said that James talks about a little bit later, you forget who you are. But even worse than that, you forget the power of the man who died for you to have a blessed life. That's good. So not just who, who you are, but whose you are. But whose you are. So we can tell if faith is alive by seeing if it is accompanied by works, and if it, is, if it does not have works, then it is dead. Faith speaks in our salvation when we take time to learn God's word. Again, repentance and conversion. Repentance and conversion actually have the same word, have the same, uh, yeah, they're, they're synonymous. Obey his commands, conversion and reforming our thinking. Faith is a change within that shows up in our actions without. Faith is, a, is something within that shows up in our actions without. Good. And check this out. It doesn't always have to be from the Bible. First Peter chapter 3 talks about wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband so that if he without the word can be won by the conversation of the wife. So she can win him to God, not by what she's saying, but how she honors and respects him how she loves him. Goes on to talk about a little bit later on, husbands, love your wives as Christ of the church. So in other words, people get this twisted all the time. Yes, a lot of women submit, submit, submit. But see, God tells him to sacrifice. That's bigger. That's greater. Laid his body down. Which is why he calls the wife that union, cherishing his own body. Yeah, his sacrifice makes it easy for her to submit. Right. Not his preaching, not his quoting. Check this out. Not his 6 a.m. prayer time. It's his works according to what he believes. A living faith is simply real faith. If we really believe something, we'll follow through and act upon it. If we really put our trust and faith in Jesus, him at his word, then we obey. Then we obey. Whether it's giving clothing to the naked, whether it's feeding the hungry, whether it's housing the homeless, listen. Whether it's going to school, whether it's stop sleeping with somebody that you're not married to, whether it's stopping the addiction, whether it's focusing on the what ifs in God instead of the if nots in Satan. Number three, a living faith cannot be separated from works. A living faith cannot be separated from works. This is an important point to me because, I, you know, I told you all, I did not grow up in the church. I did not step foot in the church until I was 20 years old, okay? 
not, I mean, my mother, though, she preached. <laughs> she, she, in her little Korean slang and broken English, she would quote some scriptures. She would even play Tremaine Hawkins. My, my mother probably didn't understand a word that Tremaine was saying, but she just knows talking about Jesus. Right, but we never went to church. And so, with that being said, when I went to, started going to church, it was a lot of emphasis on confession. A lot of emphasis on confession. Not just at our last church, but even before that. What you say, you will have. The power of life and death is in the power of the tongue. And be careful of what you say. Speak faith, my dear sister, and all this here stuff, right? Then I go to Rama Bible Training School, Rama Bible College in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Hey, Ramaites. And I, I, I get there, and I hear Dad Hagen. This is Kenneth Hagen Sr. Uh, and he says, faith is the, if faith, <laughs> uh, speak those things that be not as though they were. It never says speak those things that were not as though, that were as though they were not. So in other words, oh, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, but you done got diagnosed. I'm not sick, I'm not sick, and the only power that was given, the only works that was given was, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, in Jesus' name I was healed. I'm not sick, I'm not sick. But at the same time, the doctor's saying, uh, you got high cholesterol. You got high blood pressure. We had to put a stent in your vessels. We're looking at open heart surgery while you're still while they're still eating cheeseburgers and, and double fried pork chops smothered in gravy and butter with potatoes, not, not potatoes fried. with butter. Not the double fried pork chops. Double fried pork chops. You know, when you Mother. dip it, Mother. no, double fried. In other words, you dip it, you fry it, then you dip it again. And then smother it in gravy. And then smother it with gravy. That's cholesterol. That's, that's cholesterol that haul all, and then top it off with some sweet tea and lemonade. Arnold Palmer. It's called Diabetes Palmer. and heart, <laughs> heart disease Palmer. on a plate. But I don't have, I'm not sick. Six minutes, Dougie Fresh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, you all just don't know. I'm married to a comedian. So, James chapter 2, verse 8. Um, oh, number 3. James chapter 2, verse 18, 19. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God. You do well. But even the demons believe and tremble. A, up underneath, underneath that, is it faith or is it works or is it both? Answer, it's both. Some might try to say that some have the gift of works. Some might try to say that they have the gift of faith. But, but it, it, it isn't a gift. It's not a gift at all. James, will have, James said that I have none of this. Wait, no, I'm up here skipping all over there. James said that he would have none of this, and when he starts expounding on this, he just shares that real faith will be demonstrated by what you do. Real faith will be demonstrated by what you do, not what you say. Great example is marriage. If you love someone, you're going to abandon the ways of mama and daddy, and you will mend yourself to, that, to your spouse and, and live life that way. Otherwise, if, 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 if it's all I'm saying is I love you, I love you, and then, like he said, going out and doing whatever, it's not love at all. That's right. That's right. B, which is greater, faith without works or faith by works? Well, we know by now, 
faith by works, okay? This is really important because the times that we're living in right now and the world is feeding fear. Fear feeds doubt. Doubt brings on chaos, distress, and destruction. And so we decided to park on this topic of faith because we, the church has to be reminded that we are the light of the world, that we are the preserving salt of the world. And a light does not, is not supposed to be hid up under a bushel. It's supposed to be raised up high. Jesus said, when I be lifted up, I will draw all men. And so when he says here, which is greater, faith without works or faith by works, it is important that, yeah, we do the things that are necessary. We, you know, in the midst of this pandemic, but at the same time, we're not paralyzed by it. That's right. That's right. We're not paralyzed by it. We don't stop living. We don't stop living. If, you don't, if, you, <laughs> if you're all by yourself in your car, maybe you don't have to wear a mask. I don't want to go down, you know, and, 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 you know, social injustice, protest is great. Protest is good. But it means nothing if no one decides to go to college, get a law degree, get into politics, get into leadership, get into banking, and make a movement for the, for the, for, for the cause. There are heathen organizations. They're just more organized. That understand I can protest all day long. Some point I got but the lamp that. turns off at night. Somebody has to rise up, and that's exactly what God did. Somebody has to rise up in the arts. Somebody has to rise up in banking. Somebody has to rise up in, in politics and law. Someone has to rise up in medicine. The appeal of James is clear and logical. We cannot see someone's faith, but we can see their works, which is why he says profitable to men. You can't see faith without works, but you can definitely demonstrate what real faith looks like in your works. C, you don't, do, do you believe that there is one God? You do well, he says, but even the demons believe and tremble. And understand that he said, he didn't say even the demons have faith. He says even the demons believe. And that word believe is different. It's not pistis. It's pistios which means they respect it, they see it, they believe it. They might even be threatened by it, but it's not convicting enough to be faith to the point of conversion. And I'm gonna say this strong because I mean, no one has to be perfect, but when you say I am a Christian and make decisive measures when you know it's wrong, to live in that wrong anyway. This scripture here says, you're compared to demons that believe yet tremble. The fallacy of faith without works is demonstrated by, by demons who have a dead faith in God. The demons believe in the sense that they acknowledge that God exists, but this faith does nothing for them. Because it isn't real faith. Why isn't it real faith? Because there's no conversion. There's no reframing. There's no reformation. There's no repentance. Which proves the fact that it doesn't, when it doesn't have works with it, it's dead. It's so good. 
If I could use this illustration right here, because I think we can all relate to this. If you're watching online or in this building, we'll close right here for today. Um, just think before about you, this before building. Before you go, get going, Good. I just want to end with this here statement. And I know he's going to close it up really good. Listen to me when I say, desires without faith are fantasies. Desires and faith without works is foolishness. It's good. Desires, faith, and works without patience is deception. That's good. I'm going to say that again. Desires without faith is fantasy. Desires without, uh, and faith without works is foolishness. James talks about it. Desires, faith, and works without patience is deception. That's so good. You actually set me up extremely well. We can all relate to this as we close. When Linked Up Church started six years ago, the only thing the Lord told me to do was to put aside 50% of everything that comes in the building. So everything that came in the building... 50% of it was put away into a, a savings account. Believing God that we would get our own home someday. Now, how many of you know it took four years to get this home? But for four years, we were putting away 50% of everything that came in. So now we're in position to manifest what we were believing for and pay cash for it. And not only pay cash for it, but God can give it to us at a price where it's worth one million more than what we paid for. Now, I mean, you know, we could have four years ago had prayer services. We could have confessed all day long. We believe God for a building, but if we don't put the 50% up, hello, somebody. We don't get to sit in this building today and enjoy the presence of God. Now, watch this. My business manager is sitting there right now. The moment we came in this building, we started preparing for the next. So every week, every month, every quarter, we look at how we're tracking because we need gymnasiums. We need preschools. Come on, somebody. We need athletic fields. We need counseling centers. How I many know oh, God is not done yet? And guess what, folks? We are closer to that than you can even imagine. Somebody ought to give God praise for that. So I'm challenging you right now in this moment. You say you're believing for that, but what are you doing right now? What are you doing right now that demonstrates I'm heading in that direction? Watch this. And if you're doing nothing, then that faith is dead. I want to add something there. The world teaches us, and they got it from the Bible. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's a common quote. Prep, when, when opportunity meets preparation, you have what? Success, right? Faith without works is dead, but faith with works is manifestation. People are looking for opportunities every day. The only reason it doesn't, things don't happen is because they aren't prepared for the opportunity. In the midst of pandemics, I was just, and I caught myself complaining. I had to apologize. I've been swamped in my office doing VOEs. What are VOEs? Verification of employment, right? Why am I doing verification of, our, our staff, they're getting it. 
We've had people buy houses during the pandemic, refinance during the pandemic, pay off debt during the pandemic, more during the pandemic than the entire existence of linked up church. That's not us, that's our staff. So I'm back there, I gotta do two, I gotta do six VOEs, I gotta do two VOEs, I got another. And then I had to, I'm like, well, praise God, our people are prospering. Our people have wisdom, our people have instruction. There's an opportunity. Mortgages are at their all-time low. They're saying, hey, I have the good credit. I have a great job. I, my, my boss can say that I'm going to be here for at least another two years. Amen. We got to keep our eye on Johnny Walker. But nevertheless. Yeah, we just put him on a 90-day restriction. <laughs> going to evaluate him after 90 days. So preparation then is never lost time. Never lost time. So but then, it's the works of your faith. So then what are you preparing for? That's right. Sometimes it's, it's as little as I want to lose weight. Well, what are you going to do today? Don't talk about it. Be about it. Mm. When you get up tomorrow, what are you going to do that sincerely supports that that's your goal? Right? You want to be out of debt? Then why are you charging stuff now? Right? I'm telling you, we're going into the holiday season. If you have to charge it, you can't afford it. We'll just close right here for the day. Let's all stand to our feet. Did you all get anything out of this today? And we're not done, folks. We've got part two of this on next week. Let's just lift our hands to the Father. If you're online right now, just stand up right wherever you're at and just begin to worship the Father right where you're at. Evaluate your heart right now. I believe the Spirit of God is challenging you in this room, challenging you online. Online, I want you to type in, I'm a doer of the word, yes. not just a hearer. Or just put in, I'm a doer. Type it in. Begin to worship him in the room. Begin to worship him online. I want you to evaluate your life. And I want you to think about something that you're believing God for. And I want you to evaluate within your heart. Do your actions agree with what you're believing God for? And if they don't, I want you to make the adjustment right now. It doesn't take all day. Make the adjustment right now in your heart and repent for not living in the direction that you're believing God for. Make that adjustment and say, from today forward, my actions will agree with what I believe. That's my actions. And that is the work of faith. You fight the good fight of faith every day to stay on course with what it is that you're believing God for. Now, while you're in that attitude of prayer today, if you're watching online or you're in the building, I want you to know that God loves you. God is for you. Whatever it is you're going through, God is going through it with you. So if you're here today or you're watching online and you don't have a personal relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ, what are you waiting for? There is a good life that God has prearranged for you. All you've got to do is receive his son and have a personal relationship with him. Grow in that relationship, and God will begin to release all of the things that he's already provided for you right into your life. So if you want to give your life to God today, I want to pray with and for you. You might say, Pastor, I'm already saved. I I'm actually what you described today. I my life does not agree with what I said I believe. 
And today I want to rededicate my life. I want to come back to Christ. I want to get serious about this. So if that's you today and you want to come back to Christ online or in the room and you want to rededicate, I want to pray with and for you. I actually want to take care of both invitations at one time. So if you would, in the room or watching online, just put your right hand over your heart and repeat this prayer after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that He died, rose from the grave, and He is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. And all my sins are forgiven in Jesus' name. Would somebody just lift up your voice and rejoice and give God glory? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Both my wife and I believe with all of our hearts that someone prayed that prayer sincerely from your heart. If you're that person watching online or you're that person in this room and you prayed that prayer sincerely from your heart, online, I want you to take your next step by texting, get connected to 94090. We have a ministerial team on standby. Once you take your next step, we actually want to put a gift into your hand, follow up with you, and let you know all the wonderful things that God has in store for you now that you've made the best decision you can ever make for your life. Would you do that for us right now? Text, get connected to 94090. Today is your day, and today is the day of salvation. Don't put off to tomorrow what the Spirit of God is doing in you today. Follow that. Thank you so much for watching our online service. We certainly don't take that for granted. And if you enjoyed today's message and you want to get connected with us, we encourage you to become a part of our online community. That's right. And you can do that by subscribing to our YouTube channel, sharing this video with a friend, and following us on social media. Don't forget to meet us right here on this channel every Sunday for our services. If you desire to help us reach more people just like yourself and advance the kingdom of God, then click the Give button now. This will allow us to connect more people to God, their families, their purpose, and their communities. Thank you again for watching our service on today, and we'll, we'll see, see you next week. week.